This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. We went to New White Hart Lane yesterday and uh, it wasn't the best of evenings for the Bees unfortunately we came away with a 2-0 defeat and to be fair it was actually probably the fairest result of the evening well it was two results of the evening and <laughs> yeah so anyway I'm Billy Grant and I'm sitting here uh, on a mini pod and like I said to you this mini pod is brought to you by Anything Is Possible AIP Media our friends from the south coast who are just listen absolutely wicked little agency we're working with down there so check them out but also maybe you want to go and check out the highlights from the game yesterday because I haven't done that myself. But I want to know if my man Laney has done. Laney, how you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Yeah, no, it's just good that we're up bright and breezy and uh, recording this. It's important to, you know, to record this season, to be honest with you. You know, it's easy not to do um, after last night. Um, it was, I think, I think the trip to Spurs, we were all really looking forward to it. And I, I just think it's it came at a time where we just didn't have the energy for it and you know I think you know it's, it's easy to say it might be just a throwaway comment that you know them not playing last week last weekend made a big difference but I think it did you know it's that Spurs were faster than us and I think so I think their players are faster than us but um uh, it, it showed and I, you're right it was a very fair result and Brentford really didn't we never at any stage looked like we were going to get anything out of that when Spurs get 2.43 XG and we get 0.39, I think it tells a story. Big, big white bubbles in the area for Tottenham and, uh, well, small little bubbles, two or three of them in the area for us, which means that we didn't create that much and Tottenham created quite a bit. And to be quite honest with you, if anything, Tottenham probably could have scored I mean, maybe a goal, not more. But for a fairness rating, 80, 95.8. So 96 was the fairness rating, which was saying actually that score and the result was pretty, pretty yeah. fair. But... If you want to hear, I mean, we've talked about what we're saying, but if you want to hear what the fans said after the game, go to prideofwest.london. We've got a shorter post-match uh, podcast from Tottenham where the fans were talking about exactly what they thought of the game. Um, you know, pre- everyone was pretty much sort of kind of resigned 
and tip their hat to Tottenham. We even had Tottenham fan on there who, who interestingly, was uh, just saying, oh, no, you know, we're not good enough for top four. And I'm like, no, I just want you to talk about the match. Like, you know, forget about top four. But, you know, you can see the difference in where we're at, where we just want to play decent matches and maybe survive in this league. But Tottenham are, like, gunning for top four. So, yeah, different vibe. But, I mean, like, Laney, I mean, your day yesterday, I mean, how was your day? It was good. Yeah, I know. I was excited about the game. I've um, been looking forward to it all week. I've been up to Spurs the night before for a book signing event with Levy King, Michael Dawson and Mickey Hazard. So it was a bit deja vu. I went to the same same place twice in two days, but obviously Brentford uh, was the, the main thing for me. So yeah, uh, walking in there um, into that big monolith of a, of a stadium was just an incredible experience to see my team. Um, and to play them as equals. I mean, they weren't quite equals in the night, but you know, we were in the same league and we were there for the same league points. Um, we went to Hackney Central before and found a nice little boozer there, an amazing pizza. Um, got into the ground nice and early um, and, and watched the build-up. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the stadium, I think the, the, the AV was so loud that it kind of drowned out any natural uh, atmosphere. Um, that we, we tried Brentford started tried to sing before the kickoff. You couldn't really hear it. You couldn't get going because of the sort of like the big subwoofers that they've obviously got in that stadium. It was booming out. Um, anyhow, it was very dramatic, big noise, lots of flashing lights. It's reminded me of a big karaoke bar. Um, and it was good, but just a bit too much, you know, not the size of it, just uh, I thought the, all the flashing lights just got in, got in the way of the game. I was looking at the, looking at the, I was just distracted, you know. Um, but yeah, you can't help but be uh, impressed by, by that, that magnificent stadium. So yeah, they should be very proud of what they've built there. Um, so yeah, all in all, it was really good. Um, and the game itself, ah, yeah, look, you know, I, it, to go to to go to these big matches, these big four, which Spurs are one of the big four in this in in this league, and if you don't win, you just hope you're not turned over, and and we weren't. So I, I'm not saying it's mission accomplished because I'd like to see us got at least a point, give it a bit more of a go last night. But you know, the worst would have been we went there and got literally properly pants down spanked, and we didn't. So. We got two two goals, you know, minus two on our um, on our goal difference. It it could have been a lot worse. Could have been a lot better, but it was a good night out. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting. You talk about karaoke bars. I don't know if you know. It's on the way back down uh, down the Seven Sisters Road. As we were walking back towards the station on the left hand side, there's a bar called it's just called the Tottenham, and there's a karaoke in there as well. And all of a sudden, we heard emanating from there. Here we go, Tony and Brian and Bumo. You know, and I think the Redford fans, the Redford fans were obviously sort of drowning their sorrows, like you know, just trying to uh, trying to to, to to long out the evening. And it's funny because I was there with Brentford scarf, red and white. And um, as you know, a lot of the Tottenham pubs are home only. But I'm going inside, and the bouncer comes out. He's like, "Come in, come inside," like you know. So he's like trying to drag us inside there. And that is that all the Tottenham fans seem to have evaporated after the game. I thought that's amazing. I mean, there's sixty odd thousand fans there, and literally you come out and like it was like a ghost town, like you know. So that was actually quite, quite bizarre. But you know, we went down there. I was there with uh, I see my daughter Bella, and I was with, uh, with, with with all sorts of characters as well, like you know what I'm saying. And uh, and uh, yeah, we, we, yeah, we were going down to um, yeah, we walked down to Seven Sisters Road, and I, I mean, for me, that stadium was um, I don't know. 
I've been there, this is the fourth time I've been there now, and, and I don't want to sound sort of kind of negative and I don't want to sound really critical because the fact is it is state-of-the-art and it's a wicked stadium and it's a, I'd say it's a brilliant stadium for photographs. So you take photographs behind in that stadium, you see the, the dome and how it looks. And, and I think it's really, you know, it looks absolutely fantastic. And obviously, you know, Tottenham are a much bigger club than ourselves. But there was a bit of a conversation going on this morning with, you know, with our little crew this morning, talk about that stadium, about how the atmosphere wasn't as good as they thought it would be. Um, they thought it was quite difficult for the Bees fans a, to generate a bit of an atmosphere in there. And also, you know, I think that maybe the Bees fans are a little bit maybe down on the way that we've been playing. So we couldn't quite get the atmosphere going as well. And maybe as well, the fact that the, the factions that sing were separated all over the place. So you couldn't actually get a caucus of people singing. But we're saying that the atmosphere, you know, wasn't as good as we thought it'd be, even though I know somebody who was in the home end saying that we were, you know, we were coming across very loud. But also the home fans as well, it's, it's, it's almost like it seems quite hard for them to sort of generate a real atmosphere. When you've got 60,000 in the stadium, it must be sort of quite difficult to try and coordinate different ends to try and come together and make a noise. And, you know, they've got a couple of songs which they sang, you know, um, which, you know, they, they, they sang them. But I, I also thought, again, for a 60,000 stadium, I thought the atmosphere was fairly average. I mean, We've been to places, I mean, you go to Aston Villa and when that place goes off, it goes off. It really does. And also I thought Newcastle, which is 50,000 as well, um, fair play to Newcastle. I mean, I don't know, it's just because the Geordies are just absolutely bonkers, like you know what I'm saying, in a nice way. Of course, I thought the atmosphere, like at St. James's, you know, a sort of slightly older type stadium or older new stadium was a lot better. So this is not going out being overly critical about Tottenham. I'm just making a reflection of myself being an away fan inside their stadium and, uh, and and I suppose the difficulties moving from, uh, you know, an older stadium to a stadium, but one of my friends who, you know, he actually posted this morning saying, look, you know, I love White Hart Lane and the atmosphere at White Hart Lane was much better than it is at this stadium now, but it's our home and, you know, we have to make most of it. I mean, I don't know if that's, that was your thoughts, Laney? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I mean, it's, it's hard to criticise something that's, that's so big and impressive, but big isn't always best, you know, and I think it was just too... I mean, that, no one can deny that that big wall of, you know, <laughs> at the far end was... was well, really, what, you mean the end that's bigger than our whole stadium? Yeah, you know, but there's, <laughs> there's bits of it that I really hated, you know, that you know, I thought security getting in was just oh, so over oh, the top. So, I mean, oh, so over the top. Oh, that was, it, yeah. It was like literally empty your pocket. I'm sure people must have lost keys, headphones. There must have been a lot of lo- lossage last night. And it, it actually sparks confrontation because it's, you don't get, I've not, I've not witnessed that anywhere else. You know, um, you could argue that they, they were less worried about COVID than they were about, stuff in people's pockets you know it did it wasn't a covid check but they went through they 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 searched me forensically for for whatever i don't know you know um so i thought that was causing a lot of grief and then there was grief on the way out it was some people that wanted to you know because it was such a big away end still you, you you're meeting up with people you're traveling backwards so some people were walking out of the ground and some people were still in waiting for people and then people that were trying to get back in to meet their mates they were literally quite hostile kind of pushed away like you weren't once you were once you stepped out you weren't allowed back in and of course you understand why but it was just policed so so it was almost like an authoritarian kind of like regime where mm. like it's our way or no way and I, yeah. you know i know that it's crowd management but i didn't find it very friendly and i didn't find it very welcoming if i'm honest you, 
I mean, you're right as well. I mean, I, I, I see FSA Fair Cop, who's the person who, you know, looks after fans' interests as well, works for the FSA. And uh, I think it's LGBTs actually actually mentioned the same thing about how the stewards were very, very confrontational. Uh, and then the FSA Fair Cop said, if you've got a problem, you should write to Tottenham because this isn't the first time that away fans have said the same thing. Now, what I'll say is that, you know, I was coming in and uh, there, 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 there were some stewards, including the, the head steward, number 162 he was. He was very, very confrontational, very, very, very angry. But their whole, it's almost like their whole positioning was like they're out for a fight. They're out for confrontation. It was like nightclub bouncers mm. who were just waiting for somebody to come in so that they can punch him in the face and throw them out the door. So what you've got is that you've got a situation where people were taking time to get in because the, the stewarding was over the top okay some people are shouting probably saying things that they shouldn't do but the response from the stewards was basically like in effect come on then do you want to fight and then it just kind of just mm. turned it into a really nasty and horrible atmosphere and also the same thing when they came down the stand and they were trying to move people off from being the stairs and the fact is that as as the police i mean i'll go to england games a lot as you know the england police I have to put my hand up and say they are wicked. When it comes to compare them to the foreign police, the foreign police in general always get it wrong. The German police were getting it wrong. The French police get it wrong because they're very confrontational. And what they used to do is that they used to send the English police over to teach them how they should police um, football games. And some of them used to take it on board, like, you know, like the Dutch police would take it on board and they're fantastic. So what they did is that they had this kind of atmosphere where they were, you know, like the English police who were, who were trying to be friendly with the fans and sort of calming things down and have a bit of a joke with them. And then you had the Belgian police who would just go around and smash people with their truncheons and, you know, and, and French police who do exactly the same thing. The this um, Tottenham stewards very much reminded me of the French police and the Belgian police, where their whole attitude was, we don't like you, we don't even really want to be here, we're more powerful than you, and we're going to sort of kind of smash you and yeah. just do, you know, do, which is really, really wrong because it's most people are cool and want to be there for the game, but it just creates a horrible atmosphere. There's and like, uh, lots it, of families there, Bill, you know what I mean? And like, you know, it was a big day out, like kids, you know, small, Brent, you know, Brentford kids, full kit, you know, it was a big, what a massive night for them, you know, and they, they had to take jackets off, you know, freezing cold night, gloves off, you know, scarves off, like empty your pockets, and it was like, there was like two five pence pieces in my pocket that I had to go back through and then um, take, take my coat off again and then go and find where these two five pieces were. You know what I mean? It was so over the top. But, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, if you don't like it, they won't let you in. So it's kind of like there's this, you're up against a brick wall, mate. Yeah, uh, indeed. I mean, and, and, and the, I mean, coming back to it as well, because again, we're not trying to put a downer on it. And listen, we're, listen, it's a, this is the first time that we've been in, in this league and uh, we're allowed to, to comment and we're allowed to look around and we're allowed to show what's different, you know, about this league. And, and I think that that for me was actually very Premier League. That is what I expected of the Premier League, you know, a lot of what a lot of what's happening around Tottenham. Listen, not marking it, their big stadium, everything like that, the big lights, the big kind of you know very corporate kind of situation, and lots of people in the stadium who don't know each other, you know, um, and and going down the high street where basically you can't get in into any pub unless you're you know unless you put your colours away and you you know you can get in there. That was very very reminiscent of of of, of what, I, what I expect Premier League to be like. Just but just coming back to the game itself, Laney, I mean the fact is that, you know, we 
we went behind to an well I mean it didn't we, we couldn't quite work out how the goal went in but it was an own goal as it was by Canos you know fairly early on within the game which put us behind but after that it's almost like I wouldn't say we recovered but we managed to almost like contain Tottenham to actually not get any more goals and uh, we weren't we weren't struggling but we weren't necessarily uh, dominating or we weren't necessarily creating. We were kind of, you know, we were almost like treading water a little bit and Tottenham were kind of like, you know, treading water a little bit, but they didn't really go in for the kill. So, uh, you know, what we went into half time thinking, to be honest with you, like, you know, okay, we, we, we haven't been great this half, but we haven't been terrible this half like we were against Burnley and uh, we could always pull this back. But that game was never, you know, I mean, looking at the, 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 the strengths and weaknesses, I mean, like we're talking about, you know, Tottenham created a large number of chances relative to their possession and they were effective at creating goal scoring opportunities from counter attacks. I mean, they hit us bad on the counter attack. OK, any weaknesses, Tottenham? Not really. Like, you know, any style of play? Not really. I think Conte's probably working on that. As for Brentford, we had no significant strengths. OK, we were poor at finishing and we committed a high number of individual errors, you know, and uh, and that kind of sums it up. And, and the top performers, according to, 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 um, to who scored as well, the top performers were Harry Kane. You know, um, 7.8, Loris was 7.8, Yu Song Min was 7.7, Regulon, you know, was 7.6, and uh, Hoiberg as well, 7.4. So the top five players were all Spurs players as well. Um, Interesting, the most shots in the game actually came from Ivan Tony, who actually had three shots in the game. So uh, that kind of maybe sums up kind of where where we were, even though, you know, they they weren't necessarily big chances. They weren't high XG chances, but like he said, he had the the most shots in the game. Sergio Canos actually had the most tackles in the game as well. Then Christian Norgaard, which is uh, probably the case, trying to stem the wave of of Tottenham attacks. But that, I mean, that just kind of sums up where we are sort of kind of statistically at the game. So uh, 12 attempts to Tottenham for six for us, you know, 12 and open play, three for us, uh, four set pieces to three, you know, one counter attack for Tottenham to none. Like, you know, I mean, but, you know, Tottenham were, just better than us, weren't they, Lady? Yeah, you, you can't argue. You can't argue that they were. It, it, it wasn't really even close. Um, they, 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 you know, it felt like they weren't really even trying to go through the gears, to be honest, for most of the time. So that, that surprised me a little bit. I mean, it, 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 it was a relief as well. I mean, I think, you know, on their, on, on all of them in, on, on the game, they would have blown us away last night. I, I really do believe that. You know, they had pace, they had width, they had shape. Um, he seems to have uh, them performing well as a unit at the moment. They, they, they know they've got some rigidity. Um, they, I was impressed by the way that they moved as blocked around the pitch, Spurs. Um, there was no way, nowhere for us to pass. Uh, I didn't think for a lot of that time because they, you know, they were, they were, they were solid. Um, we we never we never looked like we created anything. I mean, there was a there was a there was a few passages of play that looked really good. There was one particularly in the second half where it was very slick into passing. There was like seven or eight passes with Canos kind of like running through. He played a couple of one twos. Last ball let let us down a little bit, and I think I don't think that was the one they scored from. Um, there was a period in the first half where we had probably thirty or forty passes one after the other. That was quite an impressive phase for us. I mean, the, on the plus side, we we didn't we didn't look out of our depth. You know, again, it, it, it did, we didn't look like a second division team in the top flight. We looked like a top flight team, but just not a very good one. And you know, it, n- nothing really alarming. I don't think. You know, it's. Uh, you know, it, it, we we come away from that without without sort of being humiliated, and I think a two 0 defeat there is is kind of okay. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, let's let's just talk about again the game. Let's talk about some players. And again, we're not sitting. And I'm going to talk about players on a positive and a negative. Now, what we're doing at the stage, we're going into December. Now we're in December now, and then from December we're going into January, which is the transfer window. And I think that you know. It's not going to be right if we don't start actually talking about players individually themselves, because I think, you know, as a podcast and as fans, this is what people are talking about at the moment now. And I think it's only fair to. So first of all, I'm saying that we're not sitting here and we're not digging out any player. We're not kind of you know having a go because I think the players would actually look at themselves and sort of say, look, you know, I've done really well today or I've really done, I've done really not as well as I'd like to the last couple of games. You know, how can I improve that? Or what do I need to do? Or do I need a rest? I think the players will be kind of reflective in themselves to actually kind of look at that. And I think as a, as a podcast, we need to sort of kind of discuss these things as well. So I'm I'm looking at um, a situation. So Sergi Canos is, uh, okay, one scenario. I mean, we were, where we were standing, it's quite interesting. There's a, a guy behind us who literally was just absolutely lambasting Canos from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, even when he didn't do anything. So like, so like somebody else, like, you know, it'd be like, Good would have kicked the ball out, and they go, Ah, oh, Canos, that's your fault. Like, you know, what I'm saying, and you know, like, you know, because of um, you know, Fernandez would have fallen over because, Oh, no, Canos, that's your fault. Like, I was like, well, Canos wasn't even anywhere near him, so you know, we do understand that sometimes he gets he gets the, the pick of the blame a lot of the time, but I just think that listen, Sergi Canos. He had to be convinced, as Thomas Frank said, to play in that right wing-back role. And he wanted to play in that right wing-back role because he has got an offensive head on him. And it's worked for us in a number of occasions. And I think with Brentford, and again, if you look at the Thomas Frank interviews, he did one for the Coach's Voices the other day, which he talked about He talked about the tactics of the Arsenal game. And he talked about risk, right? And basically saying, look, you know, you take risks and sometimes these risks don't come off like you know so against West Ham we took the risk where we came defensive player off offensive player on boom they come on score in the back of the net where other players other teams might have just sat tight and gone for the draw so that risk worked paid off for us but other risks didn't do now Sergi Canos you know he's a top a particular type of player he's not a defender but he's learning how to defend obviously um but you know I just sort of figure the last few games I listen I know everyone's been having a terrible you know not been having a great game but it's, it's become sort of quite obvious that I think that we need a right back stroke, right wing back, you know, which can do the job, who has been there and seen it and done it and done that job, which will free Sergi to actually go back, go up further up the pitch, which is what he's normally done, and actually create some damage up there, you know, whether or not that's, you know, permanently, whether or not he starts the game or whether or not he comes off the bench and he's actually like a real impact sub that we've got. It's like, great, Sergi's coming off the game. I don't know what your thoughts were on Sergi, uh, Laney. Yeah, I do. You're right. He's been asked to play in a position that isn't isn't a natural one, and he and he looks like he does enjoy being out on the pitch all, all the time. So I think from the players' point of view, he'd rather be playing somewhere where he's not 100% comfortable and not playing at all. Um, I, I, I think his enthusiasm is still there for all to see, and I think he's quite good at organising. Well, not organising as such, but he is a he's quite vocal on the pitch. I, I see him going over and speaking to uh, Thomas Frank at one stage, and maybe had an idea, or maybe uh, he's. It's, and again, it's not his fault that he's not as fast as as Regulon or or, or Son. You know, he's, he, these guys are like not quite Olympic athlete speed. But they are exceptionally fast players, like probably up with the fastest in the Premier League. So, you know, it's a, it's a really difficult one. I think we're at a stage at the moment now where we, I think we do have to try. I mean, he does look knackered as well. Um, and so do a lot of the players. I think we're at a stage now where we do have to kind of weigh up playing 
um, picking players that have got a lot of energy but probably aren't the ones we put first names down on the on the team sheet versus ones that are on the team sheet first names on the team sheet but are just shagged so um we it's, it's a way up but I, I think you know especially up at ellen road you know they're famous for for their energy levels and their and their fitness and i'm not saying that we're not as fit but i, I, I it might be worth just having the ones with the most energy out there because we they're gonna have to put a big shift in and i, I don't i don't think it, it weak i mean we're not gonna we're not gonna be weakened beyond where we were last night we just look flat we look flat and devoid of any real kind of cutting edge um and you, you can get you can get that by <laughs> you feel fielding the b team as well um so i i i think i i pick a few more um different faces for sunday and then uh you know hopefully give a couple of them one the one that clearly is is, is a couple struggling there um giving them a rest um you know, but unfortunately, there's a couple there that we can't afford to give a rest. There's no way that Rico Henry um, is going to get, get, you know, we, I wouldn't drop him for all the tea and China. That's that's not that's not happening. Um, we can't rest, we can't rest Ivan Tony, and we can't rest Brian and Bumo either. And yeah, we got Marcus yeah. Force, I know, but you know, Bumo, he had a bit of a bit of a rubbish night last night, um, but he's, you know, he, he wasn't for the lack of trying. Okay, I mean, I mean, we're talking about players, you know, and I mean, let's just 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 nail down as well because again, the midfield is obviously very important. Interesting, you know, when we talk about midfield and replacing midfields at, or or adding to our midfield at the start of the season, the words coming back saying we're actually quite heavily stocked in the midfield. So the feeling was that our midfield we had lots of options in the midfield. Now at the moment, now we've got Frank the Tank Onyeka, and as uh, Darren called him, he's Frank the Half tank on Yeka and uh, last night I think Darren relegated him to Frank the quarter tank on Yeka. I mean Frank's not he's not definitely not operating with the same steam engine that he was when we first saw him turn up at the beginning of the season is he? No and I, I think and if I'm honest Bill and I think if you're honest as well the song was probably more you know it, it hypes him up more than is what we've seen of our own eyes to be honest you know he, he a couple of games he looked he went on some some long runs but we have we, I don't, he hasn't impressed me hugely you know and last last night he, he was neither here nor there i mean i think i think yanel didn't have a great game but he was always he read the game well he was always there he was always about to put a tackle in he all he, he was always on the shoulder of the player that was about to receive the ball and you know a couple of times he won it and he gave it away he played some very strange kind of round the corner flicky balls that none of them came off but uh, frank the tank oh, I don't, i'm not sure what he did at all um so yeah i mean he, he's one um that could we could swap out quite easily and, and it not it not affect us really yeah. um and the same not not canos because but I, I think canos actually needs a rest you know i, I think we i think we have got fallback options that you're right i think we do need to go out into the transfer market in january and get a right back i do um, but I still think we've got options uh, at left and right back that, that we could put some energy back into the game. Midfield, we have got some options as well. You know, Jensen came on and, and he, he, he looked good. Um, the problem we have with Jensen is we don't always get 90 minutes out of him. Um, and, he, and, he, and he flatters to deceive sometimes. But, you know, he, he, did, he did sort of um, start controlling the game a bit and got his foot on the ball and there was some good 
good passing and, and good crossing. So, yeah, I mean, there, there are there are some options, but I think we, you know, Sunday's the day to, to try one or two out, I think. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good Jensen and bad Jensen. We had better Jensen last night. And uh, like I said, Jensen coming, Jensen and, and Baptiste coming on, was it in place of, uh, was it Yena and Onyeka as well? Like, you know, so so basically what's happened is that we're looking at this midfield and the fact is that, you know, Baptiste, when he came on, I mean, you know, he's only on for a period of time, but you sort of think, you know, with Jensen coming on, you know, he's actually creating with Baptiste, the way that he plays, you know, you, you know, it was a sort of kind of different type of game. So you, you think in the back of your head, are these players the players who are going to be actually starting against Leeds? Are we going to be sort of going going in there on the up, upper foot as opposed to going there with a slightly more kind of well defensive kind of mindset? Like you know, listen, we've talked about, and again, we're not being negative on these players. So, like I said to you out there, we, we, listen, we're Brentford fans here, but we, we're trying to be objective here as well. But on the flip side, you know, the positivities, and I want to you know pluck out a few players from this one now. Fernandez, who like I said to you, is had quite uh, a tough time, you know. Uh, being a B, you know, letting in lots of goals. I know he let in two goals yesterday, but also I thought that he played uh, particularly well yesterday. He pulled off a number of very good saves as well. His distribution was, seems to be getting better. You know, he seems to be a little bit more comfortable on the ball. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, it wasn't his fault that they own goal. I mean, that own goal was own goal and it wasn't his fault. And then the second goal was just like, you know, uh, a break. You know, we, we got caught out. We got madly caught on the break. Uh, and they caught us out, and, and you know, you know, I'm not being funny. Son is just such a, he's just such a fantastic player, and he, you know, he he overscores his xG. I mean, he scores more goals than he's meant to, son. So there's no way that he was not going to be scoring in that goal. And it's him and the goalkeeper, and the goalkeeper sort of slightly off, you know, off off center as such. Like, it's not going to happen. So listen, that's not his fault. But Fernandez had a good game, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he, um, and, and that's the position we need to get to now. Is where when we do concede goals, none of them are his fault, um, and that's that's where we were at last night. I thought he made a couple of really good saves. His positioning was good. There was only that one punch, which was kind of a bit of heart and mouth moment where he went towards the goal. But you know, Hugo Lloris, uh, he was Hugo Lloris in goal, wasn't it? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, he he he, he dropped one as well. Um, uh, yeah, so that's exactly what you know what I just said. So if we are conceding, at least none of them are the goalkeeper's fault. Which you know, or, and he didn't look a liability. He didn't look um, like the defence didn't trust him. Um, I thought that Good played the ball back to him too often. I thought Charlie Good had another solid game. He needs to pass quicker and get the ball wider. Um, when he, I think he could move the ball slightly faster, Charlie Good. Um, I know he doesn't want to make mistakes, and, and again, it might be comfort zones. Um, but there's a couple of times when he, he he was passing it back to the keeper, where there was, there, you know, the canvas was wide in space and actually asking for it. Um, so you know, but going back to the goalie, yeah, he he didn't really um, do anything wrong at all uh, last night. So yeah, yeah, so well done him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we talked about good as well, just briefly good. I thought he had a good game as well. You know, again, everyone makes a few little mistakes here and there. But in general, I thought good was 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 quite was quite solid. Again, you know, we're and, and again we're talking about we're talking about barometers as, as to where you started, like you know, as to where you are now. So for me, you know, I thought, okay, good, that that's that that's good. I'm comfortable with him. 
also Norgard as well. I mean, Norgard's he's, he's a, he really is a top player, and, and he is um he is he really is the main man. You can see him frustratingly trying to kind of just carve out some play and, and get the ball moving forward and breaking up the play. And I think it's quite frustrating for him. But he's a he's a great player. And I don't know what we where we'd be without him actually in the centre in the centre of that field. So I've, I've, I'm, I'm tipping my hat to him as well. And I'll tell you something as well. I also thought when Weiser came on, you know, when we put the subs on, you know, we had a sort of sort of slightly more attacking formation. We had Weiser in there. We had Jensen in there. Of course, we had Baptiste in there as well. I thought when we started to come at them, they started to, the word's not panic as such, but I thought that we looked like we could rattle them as long as we didn't, you know, when we start doing our plays, and our formations and passing the ball around, we didn't end up losing it at, at the last minute as we used to do sometimes, which is really frustrating. Something that we used to do quite a lot in previous seasons, but I haven't seen it recently. But now again, it's really annoying where you see ourselves giving the ball away and also giving away a ball away quite a lot not when we're not even under pressure. So that's the day they were not doing anything we're not doing any favours to ourselves. And that's quite frustrating when I see that. So, but, um, you know, I thought that when he came on, so again, coming back to the Leeds game, which we'll talk about briefly a little bit later, you know, I'm wondering whether or not the Wiesa and we might actually just completely flip it up and actually just, you know, just try and go toe-to-toe with uh, with Bielsa in, 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 at his place. Because we got, we got caught out on the break by Tottenham. Tottenham are quite happy to sort of kind of, I mean, they pressed us more than I thought they would do because I didn't think they were going to press as hard as they did. But then they were able to sit back and let us do what we did and let us lose the ball because they knew that we were going to lose the ball at some time. And then the speed that they broke at, Laney, I mean, it was like, it was frightening at times, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, just said Son's a speed freak, isn't he? He's, ah, he's, so he's just like... Afterburners. After, yeah, proper afterburners. Yeah, no, no, one, no one's going to keep up with him. I mean, you know, it's not like it's our... It's not just our... <laughs> deficiencies it's like it's every defense in the league in the premier league you know so that's even liverpool's and that's even man city's they they struggle with his pace so it's it's not it's not just brentford um a a week in the areas like covering him it's it's everyone he's a world-class player um and i i I was i was pleased that we kept harry kane quiet you know I, i didn't i didn't need didn't need him to score on a hat trick last night, and um, you know, and, and he didn't. So that that was that was good. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Weiss starts ahead of Mbwemo. I think I think Tony and, and Brian are, 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 are nailed on all the time. They're both fit. They're they're, they're our two most dynamic um, forwards. I think Weiss is always going to be a, a sub. Um, unless we can find another role for him, unless he wants to come on his left back. Uh, but you know, it's it's you know, I, I, I do think Baptiste. Probably does start. Godos is may, maybe due another start as well, um, depending on his energy levels, and maybe Jensen as well. I, I, I think there's, you know, it's not. We need to form another four, um, midfield out of that. You know, Norgard, you're right. You know, he's he's one of the best midfielders in Europe. Um, and Yenel, um, hopefully, he's, you know, after his injury, he's, he's still kind of feeling his way back to the levels we know he's capable of. So again, I don't think we rest him, but um, we need to kind of get a formation in midfield that is able to soak up um, a lot of Leeds pressure, but also hurt them on the break. So it's a, it's a tough one. Um, you know, Frank and Frank has got a, he's got his work cut out in the next couple of days to kind of, as I said, re-energise that team, and, and we can't really go there and lose again. We need to get at least a point. 
Yeah, indeed. So just the crowd was actually 54,202, which again is, is if you think about it, I mean, immediately didn't blink twice, but if you think about it, 54,000 here, you know, 50,000 at Newcastle, you know, 42,000 at Aston Villa. We are playing in front of some quite big crowds, like you know what I'm saying. So, uh, you know, you also have got to sort of take that to fact for, you know, for our players, even though you sort of say they're professional players, but, you know, some of these players in the league, they've been, you know, they're playing in front of those crowds week in and week out. They're used to it. But for our guys, you know, they're not used to this and we're not saying we're chicken, you know, rabbit in the headlights. But at the same time, this is this is something that is new and this is something that, they ha- that they're going to have to get used to. And it's like when you play in front of crowds like this in a cup match, it's different because you raise yourself up for it. So, you know, there's an argument to say the Arsenal game, well, you raise yourself up for it. You know, the West Ham game, raise yourself up for it. But you've got to do this week in and week out. And, and there's some sort of regulation coming on here, as in you've got to regulate yourself to, you know, go out in front of these crowds and play in front of them. And if you're not playing so well, you know, still keep your composure. So there's these things that I think are, are going to our game, which which you can't, um, you can't, you can't measure on stats. You can't measure on anything. It's just, you know, it's about time. It's about, you know, getting experience in this league. And uh, and I think that's why it's really important for us to put the finger in the dam. So obviously the dam's leaking at the moment now, but put the finger in the dam so it doesn't leak so much that we're going to go, oh, no, there's no more water in the dam at the end of the season. And we're like, oh, no, we're in the championship dam now. <laughs> you know, we need to just keep our finger in the dam so that we can keep ourselves in here because next season we will definitely be more equipped because we have been here for a year. Anyway, um, that's enough talking about Tottenham. You know, I think I've, I'll tell you something as well. I'm going to say one other thing. Uh, we played Tottenham enough in the last few years as well. I mean, I know we played them in the Cups a few times and then we played them here and we played Tottenham a few times. And we played Chelsea. We're going to, you know, the Chelsea game's coming up soon as well. And from what I can gather, um, it's sold out now, but it's only sold out after they allowed, you know, each season ticket holder to have about 475,000 tickets each, you know, because they've obviously kind of, <laughs> obviously wasn't selling fast enough. But, and I think that might have been a pricing issue because uh, we did question actually when they said the tickets were going to be 30 quid. Um, we thought there might be more because they actually went out, they looked like it was going to be 40 or 50 and people are like, whoa, what's that all about? And they came down to 30 quid. But um, there was a question mark about that because, I mean, I know Arsenal were selling tickets for their League Cup uh, quarterfinal game for £11.00. 90 i think it was to season ticket holders and i think there is a question mark to say you know shouldn't season ticket holders be getting tickets at a particular price because uh in and around christmas you know should that not be the case you know i don't, I don't think we take lessons on pricing from arsenal bill <laughs> Do you know <laughs> I mean? it's the most expensive place to go in the world to watch football well, one, one game you know what i mean no, 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 but it is one game. But what I'm trying to say to you is that they've they obviously realise with these cups, you know, what where they're going to price it at. And all I'm trying to say to you is that we obviously priced it at 30 quid and it hasn't, tickets haven't flown out the door because people, we've played Chelsea enough times and playing Chelsea now is a little bit slightly meh, you know what I'm saying? And it's near to Christmas. We've had lots of games in December and I think the £30 ticket, which is the cheapest ticket for, for an adult, has, has had a lot, of, a lot of people off. We know a lot of our crew, we said, we're not coming to this game, we're not coming down, you know, and they've sort of offered their tickets off to other people, other Bees fans, that is, to come down. But I think, I, I think what's going to happen in this game, this could be the first game of the season where we're going to have a lot of away fans in the Brentford end because I think lots of Chelsea fans are going to be getting holder tickets uh, for that match because they've been made very widely available. And so it's going to be a very interesting atmosphere in that game, don't you think? Could be. Yeah, 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 right. I mean, I don't, I don't think 30 quid's too too high for that. Um, but, you know, I, I agree. There's a lot, there are, there are, it's, a, it's a huge amount of games in December. And if you're going to miss any, it's probably the League Cup game. 
um, there's there's some there's some crackers, there's some absolute crackers coming up. So uh, yeah, you know, there's there's people have got other commitments as well, and uh, you know, going it is thick and fast. You know, we we like we joked a bit earlier on in the season that we, it was almost like no football in the Prem. You know, you play three games and you get a fortnight off. Um, but this this December, it, it kind of makes up for makes up for all of that. And because we've gone long in the in the League Cup, it, it kind of exacerbates the problem a little bit more. But, you know. Um, I'm, I'm excited for the Chelsea game. If, if no one else is, then that's up to them, isn't it? You know, it's, yeah. it's still we're yeah. playing. We're still probably playing arguably the best team in the country at the moment. And if people don't want to go, it's, I don't think that's the club's fault. I think it's just, you know, I think it's because the, uh, you know, literally the nature of how many fixtures we've got. Well, it is, and I'm just again, I'm making a point. I'm just saying, making a point that there's lots of fixtures this month. There's lots of expenditures this month. I, I know for a fact every five minutes when I'm going out there buying another ticket for another game, and I think people make choices. And like I said to you, I've seen it within our group. The amount of people that says we're not going to that game and offering the tickets up, I think, is a reflection. And 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 the marketing team will have to look at that and say, okay, right, well, uh, is this price right? If we dropped it by 10 quid, would we get more people coming or would they not come anyway? You know, and that's I think that's how marketing people have to look at situations, look at the market and see how it how it's reflected. And obviously, Arsenal got a stadium which is four times as big as ours. So obviously, they need to fill that. So they'll, they'll drop it to 11 quid. I'm not saying we should drop it to 11 quid, but obviously, Arsenal feel the need for these games to drop the prices to try and get people through the doors. Um, we've not dropped the prices, but I think we will probably get a lot of Chelsea fans through the doors because I know a lot of Chelsea fans who are desperate to come to this game and uh you know they're asking me i'm like nah i'm not getting you a ticket but i think they'll get tickets through other means but that's just my opinion but anyway we've got to move on because we have got a game again in a few days time at the weekend we got leeds united who are we going up to leeds uh it's, uh, it's a sunday afternoon two o'clock in the afternoon which again hasn't gone down particularly well so i know a lot of beast fans who had bought tickets for those games have actually been giving them back or be trying to offload them just because it's a bit of a it's a bit of a jaunt and it's a bit difficult on a Sunday afternoon. Some of them have got kids playing football on a Sunday and they can't get out of it. So it's been a bit difficult, that one. But it is what it is. But anyway, Leeds. We played Leeds quite a lot over the last years. We've always had a bit of a ding-dong with Leeds. And it's been quite fun. You know, they're not being very happy with our players like Ollie Watkins and Neil Malpay. <laughs> and they get sort of serial abuse after we play them for months and even years. They're, like, not, you they're, know, they're not very happy anyway, ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they accuse us of diving and buying off referees and all sorts of stuff you know but then after I realised it wasn't personal to us as Brentford it just happens with anybody which is all good and this is not having a go at Leeds we're just having a little bit of a championshipy type joke about the beefs that we had in the championship because you remember the Mind the Gap song that came out after you got uh, promoted uh, to Thomas Frank and uh, as uh, Stuart Dallas said when uh, he got pulled up on it he said oh it's only a bit of banter because he realised oh no I'm going to be playing Brentford soon now and actually I saw a song of Mind the Gap song but anyway doesn't matter because we need to find out what Leeds have been up to in the last year or so since they've been away from us gallivanting in the top league. We're going to go to Joe from All Leeds TV and he's going to give us everything we need to know about Leeds. As for our first season uh, in the Premier League, wow, what a season it was. Just absolutely gutted that, that we weren't there to witness it. I did get to go uh, to the West Brom game, the last home game of the season when, you know, COVID had hit and they let a, a minimum number of fans in, but it just didn't didn't have that same feel. But the way we performed that first season, up finishing ninth, the way we did, um, I think it's safe to say, you know, a lot of Brentford fans probably have heard the rhetoric they're doing a Leeds this season, the way you started so well and 
I think before that it was Sheffield United and then it was Wolves before that. And I, I do feel that that we sort of the the barometer with which to to edit, like climb towards, I guess, when getting promoted, you know, it'll be it's doing a Leeds before us is it was it's doing a Sheffield United. So um we were amazing. We were amazing and as I say to finish ninth, I think much like yourselves, really, you come up and just impose your style. Um, I think too many teams come up and, and don't try to, to to play the way they know how and just try to cling on. I think if you look at the other two teams that come up, and this is why I've said to a lot of Leeds fans this season, the league's a lot tougher this season due to the fact that, that Fulham and West Brom, you know, were woeful and obviously throw Sheffield United into that hat. The relegated teams were already sorted pretty early doors. Um, but... Yeah, I think recruitment's essential uh, for me. Um, I think you have to get the right players in Leeds. We're lucky, obviously, Rafinha coming in for £17 million. Um, great buy. Um, you, have to, you have to stick with your man as well, I think. You know, managerial-wise, I think too many push the panic button, especially if you look at West Brom last season. I thought it was crazy to sack uh, Bilic, and, and then Sam came in and did an absolutely woeful job. And, Tried to rip up the rule book, if you like. Um, so it's, it's it's important to keep faith because we're realising this season, you know, you're used to winning for so long in the championship, especially when you've been playing well, you'll know that yourselves. And then you come up and you have to adjust as fans. You know, we've had to do that this season. Um, you know, but it's, it's it's key to, as long as the manager's getting it right, to, to back the manager and continue to back the team, I guess, because there will be moments when, you know, things aren't going so well like we've experienced this season, for sure. Uh, and as I say, I just touched on it there. This season hasn't been great for Leeds United. A number of factors, um, one of them being being personnel. A lot of personnel has been out injured at Leeds United. Obviously, we've been without Patrick Bamford, who had a, a great season, um, first season in the Premier League, much to everyone's surprise. Not just yourselves, but Leeds fans included. They'd be lying if they... Well... I'm, I'd be, I, I would call anyone out who said they expected Bamford to perform as well as he did in his first season in the Premier League, I can't lie, but it shows how much these games come on uh, under under Bielsa, um, but that, that's one of the key reasons. But as I touched on earlier, I think a lot of it, if I'm being totally honest, we got wrong off the pitch. Um, I think the players, or lack of players that we brought in in the summer um, hasn't been good enough, and it just shows, and I guess for me, under Bielsa, we've been used to a style and it wasn't so much about personnel for a period of time. It was as long as everyone's doing their job, you know, we'll be all right. The style the style will get us through. Um, however, that's changed this season. And I, I've recognised and realised the, the importance of, of getting it right off the pitch as well. Because I look at Leeds United and the players we were linked with. Um, we were linked with Noah Lang as opposed to Dan James. Um, he's been smashing it in the in the Champions League for Club Bruges, you know, got man of the match in a game that included Messi and Neymar. So you look at that and think, ah, maybe we got that one wrong. Um, Dan James still early, I will say that. He has been getting better and better as games gone on. Um, we were linked with Maxwell Corner, who has smashed it at Burnley. Uh, notably, we were looking at him as left-back option. He'd played left-back, I think, at Lyon um, for a season and done well there. We know that Bielsa likes versatile players, but we opted for Junior Firpo from Barcelona. Um, again, not being great at all. Um, and then, of course, we were linked with Conor Gallagher. Uh, Conor Gallagher deal was done, uh, and then it, you know he decided to stay in London. I think Palace came knocking. 
his uh, friend Mark Weir, he's at Palace, Vieira was there, staying in London and he opted to do that. And look at the season he's had. You know, I think he's got amazing numbers for for um, for a midfielder in the Premier League this season, up there with the best of them, if not the best in terms of, you know, goal involvements this season. So it really showed me that had we have got them, you know, we, we failed to get a midfielder. Um, so we're waiting for Forshaw to return, who has now and is... Has, has certainly improved our team, and that's why results are starting to improve. Um, but had we have, say, gone with Noah Lang, Maxwell Cornet, and Conor Gallagher, I genuinely believe we'd be much higher up the table. And it just shows you that you have to, you have to get things right on and off the pitch for me. Um, and I think as a club, we we got it wrong uh, this summer, um, and I expect us to rectify that in January, maybe not. Um, but definitely in the, in the summer, you'll see a big overhaul there's a lot of players at Leeds United that are coming to the end, I, I think. You know, they're all not getting any younger, as it were, so we'll have to wait and see on that. As for Bielsa, I put a tweet out a while ago, actually. Um, I said, I will never, ever call for this man to lose his job. Uh, I don't think many Leeds fans w- would. Um, there might be some that are reactionary that sometimes reply and on YouTube and, and, and I... I think, really, like, are we going to go there? Obviously, the media likes to peddle the rhetoric, you know. Is it time for him to move on? Have people figured him out? But for me, Billy and, and the rest of the Bees fans, for what he's done to this football club, I'll never, ever ask for that man to 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 leave. Um, because I know where this club was. You'll know yourself. We were languishing in the championship, not going anywhere. Pool manager after pool manager. And this guy has come in and, and transformed... Not only the club, but the city as well. The city's totally different, you know. Even just little things. There's a mural tour now in Leeds that includes loads of different murals that are on... Uh, on just I know that might sound trivial, but it just shows how he has created that connection between the city and, and, and the fans and the club again, you know, which maybe wasn't there prior to him coming, you know. It was checked with so much disdain for such a long time. Um, so he has, he has totally changed it now. Listen, I've got a tattoo of the man on my calf, so <laughs> I can't be calling for him out because that wouldn't look good, would it? Um, but no, he's he's amazing. Look, no manager is without criticism. Um, you know, you, this is what I'm saying. You're not exempt from criticism. I think Leeds fans that are like me sometimes say, well, you can't criticise, you can, because a manager can't always be 100% right. And there has been times this season where maybe personnel choices, the persistence with certain individuals that have been given chance after chance and still yet are are proving their worth to the squad. Um, Tyler Roberts, for example. Uh, There's a lot of people who would prefer to see Cooper not start and have Pascal start, who's who's arguably going to be our future, you know, left centre-back for years to come. People want to get him in now. Um, Not a lot of people were happy with the the business done, you know. Um, Dan James, for example, 25 million, it was a lot of money and and that would have been pushed heavily by Bielsa. So, you know, no manager is without criticism. But, you know, for me, what he's done to this football club, where we are now and where he'll leave us. Because I, I do believe I'm one of them that believes this will be his last season. Um, I think he leaves us in the summer. Um, and I'll forever be grateful for what he's done because he's brought us back to, for me, where we belong. And, um, yeah, no one was ever going to do that. No, no, no one was ever going to do that. So, yeah, Um Absolutely buzzing with him being at the helm. And I keep saying to people that do question it, enjoy it. Enjoy it while you can. So I've been trekked to the best football I've seen live in my you know, time as a Leeds United fan. And 
you know, who's to say a new manager might come in, overhaul of the squad and things might change drastically. And before you know it, we might be knocking on a, on a manager's door to say, just keep us in the league. And, uh, we're, yeah, we're better than that, I think. We're better than that under Bielsa. As for on the pitch, what you can expect from Leeds United, uh, high pressing, high energy, waves and waves of attack, as long as we play to our best, uh, which we haven't been doing of late. However, there has been some some better performances, more notably against Crystal Palace last time out at Ellen Road. So I think the players will be, will be ready to go. Who should you look out for? Of course, Rafinha. Like every man has to look out for Rafinha. He's absolutely exceptional. Um, I don't think he'll be with us forever, so we have to enjoy him as well. Um, he should be playing in the Champions League. He was playing in the Champions League for Rennes, but made the move to the Premier League. Obviously, you take a sideward step because his next career move. You're talking top four within within England, I, I think, for sure. Liverpool, maybe. I'm, I'm not trying to sell him, but I'm just telling you, you know, this is how good this guy is. And um, we can be playing poor and, and he can pull a rabbit out of the hat. So, for sure, Rafinha is your man to, to look out for. Um, in terms of suspect players of late, Junior Firpo, the new left-back that I spoke about, um, played 45 against Brighton, was terrible against Tariq Lamptey, got hooked, um, and then Strout got injured in the in the following game um, against Palace, and he had to come on at half-time, and within five minutes he was, he was caught out of position, brought someone down on the box and got a yellow card, so... He did grow into the game after that and played well, but I, I do think that's a real suspect area for us. And of course, up front as well, hopefully Bamford will be in the squad, but I, th I expect Tyler Roberts to lead the line, and I can't tell you the last time he scored a goal. So, um, yeah, yeah, they're the suspect areas. As for Brentford, right, they are wrongly. Look, I I'm really confident ahead of this fixture, um, just because I feel after Palace and at home and and winning the game solely on via a last gas penalty, what that'll have done for the squad and the mood will be will be absolutely bouncing. And of course, like I said, you might see Patrick Bamford and Luke Ayling involved, which will massively boost the crowd and, and the squad as well, because we've missed them two players who've been out for such a long time. So, um, you know... Yeah, so I th I am really confident ahead of it ahead of the game. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Uh, but as for Brentford, of course, we're uh, we have to be wary of Ivan Tony. Um, I think he'll be licking his lips, um, uh, looking at someone like a Cooper, um, and and thinking he can get joy. And and I think, look, as much as I dislike the man, um, I do I do rate. Um, Thomas Frank, I do as a, as a tactician, and I think he will he will have studied Leeds United, and 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 of course you know he'll come up with a a game plan. We've seen that in the opening day against Arsenal, you know the way that he thought. Do you know what these are going to struggle up on high, so that's what we're going to do, and and you won the game. And if if you get the tactics right, you can cause us all sorts of problems. You've just to look at Brighton and uh, Graham Potter. He's had Bielsa's number in the Premier League in every single game, and we put in a dire dire performance. So sometimes. It can be about whether or not the opposition allow Leeds to play. If the opposition get their tactics right, you know, um, presses or funnel is into wide areas, for example, and then, you know, double up on a Rafinha, you know, and, and take him out of the game. Sometimes it can be found wanting. And, you know, if, if take for example, you know, Palace allowed us to build up from the back. And, and if you don't let Leeds do that, sometimes we can hit it long. And when you're aiming at, you know, Dan James, who's, who's not the biggest, and you know, you, you've got Pontus at the back if indeed he plays, or Tyler Roberts, you know. Um, you, you can certainly get joy and, 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 and dominate the game, but it all depends on 
on how Thomas Frank uh, goes about it. I feel like I might have already answered this, um, but as I say, I'm confident for this game. Um, I, I, I'm going to stick my neck out and say Leeds United win the game 2-0. Um, I just think we will have too much for Brentford on the on the day, and especially at Ellen Road. But listen, I'm under no illusion. Brentford are a, are a fantastic side. They have a great coach. They have some fantastic players. Um, it'd be interesting to see if Sergio Canos plays because he's not well liked at Leeds United. <laughs> um, it was only recently I was talking up Morpe actually when we played Brighton from his time at Brentford. So, you know, they, they always can pull a rabbit out of the hat. They're a great side. And um, yeah, uh, I do think though Leeds will be able to press the centre backs. I'm hopeful anyway. Pinnock and uh, Pinnock great on the ball, but if Pontus plays alongside him. Um, I think we can we can cause problems. I'd love to see Bamford start, but I think Rafinha again will be the difference maker. And I, I, I'm going to see Leeds United get a goal in either half. It won't be an easy game though, um, and it won't surprise me if Brentford got something. But I'm just really confident after the other night against Palace. So I'm going to stick my neck out and say Leeds United two, Brentford nil. Thank you for having me though, Billy. I feel like I've talked an absolute age there. Um, Brentford fans that are going up, enjoy the game, enjoy the Ellen Road atmosphere as I'm sure you will, uh, it's been getting plaudits this season uh, in the Premier League because we know the Premier League's a little bit watered down now um, so the, <laughs> but I'm sure you'll enjoy it, you, you guys know from obviously recent history anyway so listen, enjoy the game um, and if you know we do get beat and I am wrong, um, you can come and give me some stick on my channel so just Joe Football Show over on YouTube Please check it out. As I say, we'll be doing a preview on Friday as well, ahead of the Premier League games and talking Brentford. So, please do get involved and thanks for having me. So, hello, Bees fans. <laughs> it feels a little bit like rivalry resumed. <laughs> uh, my name's Joe. I'm on the Just Joe football show. You can get on YouTube, um, covering all things Leeds United, but we do do a lot of Premier League content as well, including previews, reviews. So... We also cover Brentford quite a little bit and uh, some uh, opposing fans, not myself included, have been quite gushing about Brentford this season, uh, more specifically Thomas Frank, um, but not from me, because <laughs> as I said, there's that little bit of rivalry there, um, but no, great to be asked to do this, not quite uh, chatting at the pub, but out on my dog walk uh, in the lovely snow, but uh, there you go. So. Um, yeah, Leeds went up two seasons ago uh, from the Championship, leaving post Brentford behind. Uh, that season was was a great season. I think enough for us to, to win it the way that we did, especially when you know you know the chant yourselves, guys. Um, Leeds are falling apart again, and we had a bit of a, a fall off at different periods throughout both Bielsa's season, really. Uh, but this time we finally got over the line, and we did it in style in the end. Um, yeah, a canter, 10 points if my memory serves me right. And uh, I think my most favourite thing about that season was obviously returning to then win, uh, well, Derby County. Uh, Philip Phil, Phil Koku might have been there uh, then. And Wayne Rooney included had to give the league's players a guard of honour onto the pitch. And uh, <laughs> and the lads had been on the, on the Raz the night before, so they were all half cut, half of them, and we still battered them. I think it was 4-1, so... That had to be a, a highlight for me, but um, obviously Brentford not going up. I always felt, and I, I, I used to say this on my preview, that for me, you can't not finish in the top six and then suddenly make that jump to automatic. 
it's probably been done before, but I think experience counts for an awful lot. And obviously, I know you didn't go up um, first time around in in the playoffs, obviously, with, with Fulham. And I just knew, you know, second time around you would, because experience counts for a lot. I just had to look at Leeds United's situation and obviously losing to Derby the way we did. I just knew second time around, and rightly so, a lot of people were worried that season when we went up about Brentford. Brentford, but I said, and I might be wrong, but it was like, they haven't finished in the top six. For me, you, you just can't make that leap. Um, experience counts for a hell of a lot in this game, and uh, you know, and, and you came on from that experience, and obviously came up the following following year. And it's good to good to have you in the Premier League, and uh, have our boy uh, Mr Pontus Janssen in the Premier League as well. So there you go, Joe. Joe, have a go from all Leeds TV. And uh, he's very happy with uh, Leeds to the Championship with their first season. Very happy with them. This season, he's still quite happy with them. But, you know, obviously not as good as the first season. But we'll see because there's a long, long way to go. Leeds United, Laney. Their strengths, creating long shot opportunities. They like a long shot, they do. They also like stealing the ball from the opposition, which is going to be quite bad news if we're as, if we're as sort of latent and, and as if we're as, as sort of kind of lacking in energy as we were on Thursday night. Um, shooting from direct free kicks as well and attacking set pieces. Where they're not so good, though, is finishing, scoring chances, avoiding uh, individual errors as well, defending against through a ball attacks, uh, sort of injuring fouling in dangerous areas as well, which might work for us because we like a bit of a free kick. Defending counter attacks as well, which is again something that Brentford is uh, is meant to be our top game as well. And also stopping the opponents from making chances as well and aerial duels. They're not great in the air. So uh, listen, you know, this is not so, so saying Leeds are completely beatable, but we've seen through that that there are ways that we can get at Leeds, isn't it, Laney? Yeah. Um, they've got pace plenty, though. You know, you've got Daniel James, Rafinha, um, Stuart Dallas likes to get forward a bit. Um, Tyler Roberts. Uh, they 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 won. They beat Palace thanks to the last last gasp winner um, on Tuesday night. Rafinha got got the goal. Uh, they 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 do worry me um, because just for that, just just the pace of them. Um, I, I think I don't think they're a I don't think they're a lot better than us. Uh, I, I think there's a bit of a Bielsa myth, uh, if I'm honest with you. Um, I thought if he, if he was such a great international manager, he'd, he'd, be a, um, he'd have a better team. I'm not saying you know I'm not, this isn't a knock at Leeds, but they're they're just an you know an, an averageish Premiership team. Um, it, you know, he, he, I'm surprised he's not moved on to a, a bigger club in, in, in brackets. If, if he's if he's the best coach, one of the best coaches in the world. Because um, he certainly hasn't got one of the best teams in the world, and that's a fact. And again, that's not a, that's not a snide dick at Leeds because they've got a lot of good players, but they're not they're not exceptional players. Um, so there's a good chance that we can match them and negate them. I still think they're going to be too strong for us a bit. So I'm I'm, I'm a bit worried. Um, I think I don't I don't think we're going to come away with with much. To, um, you know, I think you know Adam. We we reacquaint reacquaint ourselves with Adam Forshaw probably and Stuart and Dallas and Dallas. Yeah. Mm. Um, so there's, you know they've got Jack Harrison as well. We know about him. He's got he's, he's got a load of pace. And he's, yeah, you know, probably on the bench. There's, but they'll there's bring loads, off, yeah. there's loads. There's loads of them that have got a, 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 the ability to stretch us. Um, maybe this is a, a bit more of a structured defensive backs to the wall performance for us. But I don't know. I think that could go badly wrong as well. 
Yeah, yeah. And Rafinha, I mean, top scorer for Leeds with six goals. Then after that's Rodrigo with two. And then everybody else with one. Like, you know, so, I mean, you, again, you know, the main danger person, as you say, you could see who their main danger person is. And you see the difference between us and Ivan Tony. You know, I mean, Ivan Tony obviously has a couple of goals behind him as such. But, you know, they've definitely have got their person, their target person who is actually kind of doing the business for them as well. You know, they're quite aggressive as well. Strojic as well, you know, quite an aggressive player as well. Cooper as well, Rodrigo, they all like a bit of a battle as we lead. So I think that they're, you know, they're not going to be passive and sitting down there. They're, they're going to be, they're going to be, you know, definitely aggressive, definitely taking the game to us. Like I said to you, they like long shots, taking down the right, you know, possession football, they're, they're, they're aggressive and playing their own half, you know. And so we, if we're not, and this is the thing, if we're not up for the inverted commas fight, we're going to probably lose this game hands down because we need to really be up for it. And, uh, you know, I think the fear is on that Tottenham game that we're just a bit passive, weren't we? Mm. Yeah, no, that's, that's, passive is the right word, yeah. We didn't roll over at any stage, but I, I, don't, I don't think there was the real belief that we were, were going to get anything out of that, especially especially after going to goal down quite early, you know, within the first yeah. 15 minutes. And I think that was, they knew that was a long way back. You know? So yeah, you know, I, I'm kind, I'm kind of looking forward to it though, Bill. You know, it's um, it's always a, it's always a lively, lively afternoon. The crowd get behind the team. It's a, it's a big atmosphere. Um, the whole yeah. ground will be open. We've been there a few times, and not all of it's been yeah. open. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's another, it's another proper top flight game for us. And I, you know, I'm going to try and savour as many as I can. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So look, I mean. Just quickly, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to ask you if anything is possible, Laney. What are you going to say the score is? And I'm not trying to lead you into kind of saying that Brentford will win because I'm not doing that at all. But I'm saying if anything is possible. Anything is possible. I, to be honest at the moment, if, if anything is possible, I'll take a point all day now. Um, and depending, obviously depending on how the game pans out, we could, we could get more. So in, in my in my I, I went too much with my heart um, for the for the game last night. I, um, I, I'm gonna go with my head this time. I think we're gonna. I think it's another it's another sooner defeat for Brentford. Okay, so ladies, nothing is possible for you. Okay, for me, <laughs> I'd say uh, I'm gonna say that actually anything is possible. And we're gonna go for a one all draw again. The, the clean sheet isn't quite happening for us, but I just think that we're going to have to. You know, just pick ourselves up, and we're gonna. And 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 also, I think that that Leeds are. And I'm not saying this in a disrespectful way. They're a championship team. When I say that, I look at all the teams that have come up from the championship, like West Brom and Leeds, and you know Watford, and they're teams who kind of like we're all having a little bit of a battle there down in that league beforehand, and we're back in there again. So we know how to sort of battle against each other. So I think it's a bit more of a battle that we're used to, rather than being Tottenham playing it down a regular one who's running down the wing at 375 miles an hour, and then putting it to Sun who's running at 745 miles an hour. You know, which is like well, this is a different situation. So I think it's going to be a little bit more in our comfort zone to a certain extent. And I think we're going to get a one-all draw. So I'll, there you go. As I said, I'll take that right now, Bill. Thank you very much. That's <laughs> right. I'll tell you something. I'll put it in the post to you, lady. So anyway, but look, this is the Besotted 
Pride of West London, Pride of West London. I was almost going to go North London because I was in North London for so long, actually. It's right. Really we were actually with Darren and we were actually hanging out outside. Unless you get that down at Brentford, they actually had their sort of the jerk chicken um, stall. I don't know if you saw it, where the geezer was like, they were playing all the reggae and the guy was toasting. You know, he's like toasting while you're sitting down there getting your jerk chicken and your rice and peas and your patty and everything like that. So I was just thinking, actually, tell you something, if you want to get, want to get something down at Griffin Park, get them down at Griffin Park. You know, let's have a bit of, let's have a bit of reggae, reggae rice and peas down at Griffin part before the match I might get the players all g'd up and get them get the crowd going actually but anyway Besotted Pride of West London podcast this is brought to you by anything is possible AIP.media and uh, we got a game on Sunday against these don't forget to subscribe to us please and then you will get all the podcasts down to your phone or your laptop or your iPad immediately write us a review in iTunes and then we'll go up in the charts which is all good don't call the police like Laney has just done as you can hear in the background there mm-hmm. also like I said to you if you want to buy us a beer besotted.com forward slash beer don't forget there's a couple of people I think it's Joe and there's another character for the, the competition who got to get back to us because you know anything is possible is buying you a beer because you actually won the competition so please don't forget Joe who lives down in Glastonbury and the other character as well, I haven't got his name here at the moment now, get back to us uh, on the uh, Anything Is Possible competition for the Tottenham game. And maybe we should actually have bought actually Terry Herlock and uh, Omara back for the Tottenham game because maybe we might have got at least a point out of it if we did, but it didn't quite happen as well. But other than that, we're going to have another podcast. Are we going to have a weekend review probably on the Monday after the Leafs? Just check that out. I'm Billy Grant and I'm sitting here with Laney Lane. Good afternoon. And I'm going to go out now and going to drink and meet my friends. And I'm going to have a very nice afternoon and a very long night. And I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to go to AFC Wimbledon. I've been invited to the director's box in the AFC Wimbledon as well. So I'm going to have a bit of a long football weekend of drinking and footballing weekend. So I'm going to put the Tottenham game behind me and I'm going to enjoy myself with chums aplenty. So Billy Grant here, Laney Lane here. As we say, Brentford need to get to lead to get a point as we say. Come on. You is. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.